up, everybody? This is episode number 225 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, May 20th, 2021. My name's Josh. My coast host, host, my coast host, <laughs> his name is Mike. And I normally yeah, because I just coast through every yeah, podcast. <laughs> well, I'm going to be coasting through this podcast because I was on the verge of a nap before I realized, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to do this. So anyway, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Uh, I really don't have a whole lot of complaints. Um, I've uh, been enjoying a lot of things. I mean, I got the new 4K TV. I've been enjoying that. Uh, I've been uh, revisiting... Uh, some uh films from my childhood recently the beethoven movies the first two anyway because charles grodin the actor who played the dad in those films he passed away recently so i've just been kind of revisiting those uh for uh his memory uh and uh the second one's not really that great it didn't even really need to be made uh but the first one i i still enjoy it it's one of those kids movies though where when you watch it as an adult there are some adult jokes that there's no way that you would have gotten it as a kid I feel and like, then it I has feel this... like there was a lot of sequels in the 90s yeah i feel like that was yeah. like the 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 decade of sequels because like movie yeah. studios saw how much money there was to be made when you and build cartoon spinoffs Oh yeah. There was a problem child cartoon. There was a Beethoven cartoon. There apparently was a Free Willy cartoon that lasted for two seasons. And then you had all the um franchises that were turned into movies that were TV shows like the Flintstones mm-hmm. and uh the Brady mm-hmm. Bunch and uh the geez, the list goes on of all the The Flintstones that one doesn't hold up well, but the Brady Bunch films surprisingly hold up uh well. And the reason for that is they're so self-aware and they are, in essence, parodies of the Brady Bunch. So that's why those work. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I remember enjoying them, I think, on that level. But yeah, uh, that's cool. Um, I've been... Just doing the same shit every week. Been doing, going to my karaoke gigs. Uh-huh. Uh, nothing too crazy has happened that can match the guy getting punched out a few weeks yeah. ago. Um, oh, I do. Uh, oh, my old, my uh, troublesome old boss is back. There's that. But he's, he, he's, I don't know. We'll see. He seems to be better right now, but I don't know. Well, maybe he's been taken down a few notches that he, now that he sees that his <laughs> uh, his ass can get you know tossed i'm surprised he they brought him back but at the same time i'm thinking about it this is this is why i think he got brought back they couldn't find anyone else yeah maybe i don't know um my friend is a gm of a domino's like pizza restaurant Mm -hmm. chain or like one of the restaurants and like all the shit she has to go through as gm like i would never want to be a manager of any of these places it just seems like such a crappy job (laughs) especially considering that like she only makes like a little bit more than me per week and she works like 55 hours a week yeah 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 i got i look i i'm the king of laziness so it was my mission to find the job that that required the least amount of my time that paid the most amount of money and you know, wasn't 
too taxing. So that's why becoming a DJ was the right move for me. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, also, I did interview a film director recently. I did that as well. Oh, awesome. Who? It was uh, Sam Furstenberg, uh, an Israeli filmmaker. He uh, directed Revenge of the Ninja, American Ninja 1 and 2, Avenging Force, uh, you know, 80s action movies. Sounds like you're starting uh, a lot to get of, some higher profile uh, things on your channel there, Mike. Well, well, yeah, uh, but that was actually not something that I set up by myself. It was a subscriber of mine, a longtime subscriber of my channel. Uh, his name is Boaz, and, and he sent me a Facebook message. I was like, hey, do you... Are you interested in moderating or, or joining me with this discussion with, with Sam? And I was like, sure. And then I brought him on board another friend of mine uh, named Fabio. And, and we uh, Sam is just a wonderful person, wonderful guy. He was so open, so giving. Uh, we talked to him for like three hours. Wow. So it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a fun time. Do sure. people find that on your YouTube channel? Not yet. I need to edit it. Okay. Sam himself even said he would help promote it. Uh, it. It's it's three hours of footage, so it's going to take me a bit. Yeah, I would say so. Even to render that as an as well, a I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna upload the entire thing because there are some bits of the conversation that aren't as interesting right. as others. So I'm going to trim it down to like the greatest hits, like the things that I I personally find to be the most uh, interesting. True that. And I'm going to go the extra mile and have clips and music and all of that. But that's going to take me a bit because uh, I've also been getting a lot of paid requests for my YouTube channel. So I still got a ton of those. <laughs> I've been slacking so. on my damn YouTube channel. I've had two. All, it's like a show every weekend. Uh, and then uh, yeah, during the week, I'm just promoting the show and doing this has to be done. Sounds like you had a, a show recently uh, uh, in Florida, right? Yeah, I had one. Everything's in Florida, yeah, but yeah. for the most part. <laughs> I mean, as the pandemic, you know, slowly starts to fuck off, which thank God the numbers are going down and ma- mask mandates. Well, the vaccine, is, the vaccine is a big part of that. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Um, and and I, I'm planning on getting the, my vaccine. I, it's, it, for me, it's more of a, you know... When, when do I have a day where I can get it, and not only that yeah. day, but the next day I'm off? Yeah. So if I feel crappy, I don't have to go into a gig. I, I already took a day off. I took the day off uh, from my second shot. I took that day off from work, and then I set it up where I have two days off after that. So that's gonna that's gonna work pretty well. Yeah, like I don't have two days off in a row at any point in the week, so it's kind of. It's kind of rough, but I don't don't know. I'll figure it out. But yeah, uh, anyway, this is a podcast about uh, uncovering unexplained unsolved mysteries. Oh, that would have been a fucked up title. (laughs) You, you, you. Yeah, uncovering unexplained, unbeknownst, unsolved mysteries. Um, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Ben, Ben, uh, basically I, I, I had to invest in like a hard hat, some, uh, welder's goggles, a jackhammer and some very heavy duty boots with how deep I've been jackhammering into yeah. the minds of, uh, unsolved mystery segments. Um, because uh, I am managing to still come up to yeah. the surface with a few, a few little gems left that I polish off and show Mike and, uh, then we talk about it and 
One of these is uh, from uh, deep, deep, deep in the mines, uh, it, and another one is actually a little more accessible, uh, but that's the one that we're going to talk about next, is this artist, Luis Gasparetto. One, one, uh, is, one of the segments is accessible through an elevator shaft in the mine. The other one I found when the shaft broke, and I fell down this little side tunnel, <laughs> and there was this kind of subterranean cave full of skeletons and shit and that's where i found this other segment so uh yeah because this one is actually on uh the amazon prime gasparetto episodes yeah well the investigator one is so dated with their terminology i bet they removed it just yeah it's not it's not that's what makes it hilarious to me though is how fucking dated it is anytime I'm watching any TV show, and they refer to the internet as the information superhighway. That's how you know <laughs> you're watching you, something at least. If you want to watch old. something really dated, watch uh, In Search of, hosted by uh, Leonard Nimoy. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that was dated in the '90s. Like even in the '90s, that show would have been dated as fuck. I bought the whole box set for like ten yeah. bucks, and I was like, "Wow, this is a really good deal." And then I then I saw a while. I was like, "Oh, this is." I mean, don't get me wrong. Growing up in the 70s, if if I grew up in the 70s, that would have been my favorite TV show, like, mm-hmm. of all time. Because, you know, I just love mysterious it's still, shit. There's still something about it that's interesting because of the fact that it, it is such a time capsule. And, you know, you got mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy. But, yeah, it's 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 not. Yeah, I mean, you see how, like... I mean, there's certain things that just kind of stand the mystery test of time for whatever yeah. reason, like Coral Big Castle foot. and, yeah, stuff like that. But then there's things like Unsolved Mysteries did, like, the Face on Mars yeah, segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is just... We, we com- talked about... Yeah, we mentioned that one numerous times. Yeah, that but is yeah, just... I, yeah, but it bears repeating. Like, that That <laughs> one can just completely be, like, thrown out as a 100% obsolete episode, like... And, you know, again, the scientists on there who are like, yeah, human beings have a tendency to see patterns in things that don't necessarily mean that there's anything there. And then you got these other scientists who are like, oh, that's definitely a face. It's too it's too man-made looking to just be a rock formation. And then we send up an HD camera a few years later, and it turns out to just be a rock formation. And so it's like, hey, yeah. you know, and that was that was the 90s, so you can imagine uh, some of those, uh, a lot of the stuff from the In Search of, I bet, it's mm-hmm. already been debunked or whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, we're starting off the first case with this fucking, this, this guy is such a ham. He's a ham and he's a hack. And he's a, he looks like, uh, he looks like a character that Hugh Jackman would play. In, like, an SNL sketch or something. He looks like Dr. Oz. <laughs> Hasn't Dr. Oz, like, recently been, um, not canceled, but he's his credibility has seriously come into question? I, I don't know. I don't really follow Dr. Oz. I think he, um, I think he would, like, hawk products on his show that were, were complete snake oil. Yeah, which is not surprising. Anyway, uh, so Luis Gasparetto is an artist who claims that he has been possessed by the spirits of deceased artists, and they help right, him. Right from that moment, you're like, yeah, okay. Right, and you know, this is one of those uh, kind of puff, or not puff piece, but it's kind of one of those ha-ha pieces that 
uh, every now and then Unsolved Mysteries would throw in just because it's an interesting uh, claim. It's an outrageous and interesting claim that this guy would sit here and say that, yeah. that you know, these legendary artists like uh, Renoir and, and Picasso and, uh, you know, all these uh, Leonardo da Vinci, like all these great art, Michelangelo. Yeah. Wait, this is another one of those segments where uh, y- you watch it, and during the intro with Robert Stack, you can see that he definitely has a, a sly smirk on oh, his face. Oh, he's definitely got a smirk. He's definitely, you know, he's he's <laughs> like, are these spirits possessing him? Well, we'll let you be the judge. But anyway, um, this dude grew up in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and apparently spiritual possession runs in his family. I mean, what kind I mean... <laughs> that's a crazy thing to have uh run in your family spiritual possessions it's like does spiritual possession run in your family or does telling your children when they're young that spiritual possession runs in your family run in your family because yeah to me if you plant any idea in someone's head when they're young enough they're just going to be indoctrinated into that just like religion like you yeah. bring a kid up in church, and a lot of times they remain in that. They might not still go to church, but they'll at least kind of adhere to that belief system throughout their life because that's what they were brought up. And politically, I'll that can say, happen too. Yeah, yeah. I'll say one thing about this segment. I I was surprised by the music choice in the beginning. Like it was very different to what you normally hear in an unsolved mysteries segment. It was it was very. Uh, Almost, it really did attempt to try to be epic, you know, with the whole moment when he's uh, closing his eyes and scribbling on the paper, and there's a, this music in the background that's uh, not trying to be atmospheric or moody, like like a lot of the segments tend to do. This time around is very atypical compared to what you normally hear when it comes to music and unsolved mysteries. This whole segment was very at- atypical. It's like one of those, a- you know, not uh, normal, not your usual unsolved mysteries kind of segment. Uh, it makes sense that this was like in one of the later seasons in 95. Uh, I think in the same season, there was the aphrodisiacs thing, I think. Oh, Maybe I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So even they were scra- scraping the bottom of the barrel at some point in the show. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, this dude's mother, Zebia, has written 13 books that she claims were channeled from the spirit world. When uh, <laughs> Gaspreader was 13, he was overwhelmed with stress, sleeplessness, and troubles at school. Zebia took him to Madame Lazé, one of the city's most well-known clairvoyants. While there, he began to feel pain in his hands and arms. This sounds like the the beginning to like an X Men movie or something. Yeah. And and then she gives him a, a pad to write on, and he shoots fire out of know. his hands. I, I don't know. It just sounds like bullshit to me. That that's what that's what it sounds like. Uh, it doesn't really sound like an X Men story. It would be a really lame power, by the way. My mutant ability is I can channel famous artists and and not draw or paint nearly as well as any of them <laughs> did when they were alive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I could I could claim that power right now. You know, like yeah, you yeah. want you want a Rembrandt? Here you go. 
Oh, that, uh, that doesn't look like a Rembrandt. He's dead. Exactly. This is what a dead Rembrandt would paint like right now. He doesn't have any <laughs> muscle tissue or anything. He's just a skeleton. He would paint like shit. Maybe that's um, maybe that's what he meant. Like, yeah, that, this maybe. is what these people would paint like now. Like if you extracted them from their coffin and put like a, you know, paintbrush in their hand. <laughs> I love the whole thing where, oh, we're going to take him to this clairvoyant because he's overwhelmed with stress, sleeplessness, and troubles at school. It, 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 <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a lot of stuff that young Josh was dealing with, right? It's just to, <clears throat> hey, you know, instead of, like, taking some medicine or going to a therapist, no, let's just take take you to a, a, a clairvoyant. What they should have done, cause, I mean... Because your problems are not, you know, in your head. Your problems are spirits, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, if if he was a young me, obviously, then he would have handled his problems with cookie dough ice cream and furious masturbation. He wouldn't have <laughs> gone to a clairvoyant. Um, So when his, you know, fucking hands and arms started hurting, Madame Lazay believed that he would be able to channel writing similar to his mom. However, he suddenly began to draw and he found his calling. Louise uh, claims that over the past 30 years, he has channeled over 20,000 paintings from 50 different artists. In January 1995, Unsolved Mysteries filmed one of his painting sessions. And during this, he completed six drawings and three paintings, most in less than five minutes. He easily moved from one artistic style to another during the session. And I I admit that was kind of impressive. To, to see him move that quickly, you know, even though the quality wasn't that great when it comes uh, to the paintings, when you compare one to another, but the fact that he was able to move from one style to the next so quickly, that that is somewhat impressive. Right, and I mean, and, like, what we were saying beforehand is, like, if this guy was just a dude who was like, I'm an artist, that would have been, yeah. been one thing completely completely different and it would have been like oh cool he's dude's pretty talented but to to you know add the clickbait nature of oh no i'm actually channeling these world-renowned artists and this is actually their work that's when it's like okay you're you're just a douchebag who's vying for your 15 minutes of fame and yeah i mean it, it is interesting to watch him in his uh the session that they filmed because he's taken like you know, I don't know. It looks like a crayon. Could be a piece of chalk. It's, it's like a, it's probably pastel. Yeah, and he just starts furiously. And I feel like aren't his eye, eyes closed too? While yeah, he's his eyes it? are closed. It's a really, it's honestly a, a captivating thing to watch. In in a lot of ways, I, I thought the director of of that uh, segment did a great job capturing his intensity. Because he's just fe- like furious is the right word for it. Just uh, you know, just, just he's just really going to town on. Uh, he even has to have an assistant hold down the uh, the medium that he's drawing on because yeah. you know he's he's so furiously like going at rubbing. it that it would have making these rubbings and then he also will switch from uh, pastel to maybe I don't know if he did any charcoal but I know he also uh, did it hand painting yeah. Yeah, and he did, yeah, and he he like just mushed up the paint in his hand like it was like uh, rubbed it all over like it was lotion or yeah. hand sanitizer, and he, and he just starts like plop, plopping it down on the paper like a three year old, but it it actually starts to like you know to look like something. 
But then they do the um the 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 kind of the buzz kill uh the the finisher if you will they give they give Luis Gasparetto the stone cold stunner after this yeah. because they're like here is uh, a Rembrandt back in you know whatever beast or you know like the 1800s or whenever the fuck he lived here's his an original Rembrandt and here's Rembrandt in 1995 and they show the Gasparetto version and they and do you're just like <laughs> they do that with like four different artists they show the original and it, it looks great and it's like wow that that is truly a great piece of art and then they show his and it's like it's, the 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 when raw the when uh, Renoir was so laughable there's a squiggly lines like nowhere near as much definition uh, it was really bad. Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't want to say I don't want to say that it, it, it that they sh- by comparison. I will say when they show like an actual Rembrandt and then they show his, it's like a three year old's interpretation in comparison. I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I I would just say it's more of an amateur kind of thing. Yeah, like a, um, like a paint by by numbers. <laughs> Well, it's well. I mean, I felt that the Van Gogh, at the very least, it didn't look as good. But Van Gogh's style and that kind of art was very uh, simplistic. So I think he was able to somewhat uh, recreate that look with the Van Gogh. But with the Monet and the Renoir, it was it was just it was laughable. And, and it it almost seemed like the Unsolved Mysteries uh, writers and everyone involved. Uh, they just took a lot of pride, gleeful pride, in just trolling <laughs> Louise with that with that particular part of the segment. It's like here's uh, the original, uh, world renowned art, and here's this this guy's artwork. <laughs> yeah. You be the judge. <laughs> and then they had these like art critics on there, and there was one guy, man. He he go he like he 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 goes in for the kill. He said, "Oh, he dug deep." He's like, uh, he's like the idea that these artists would uh, come back after doing such great art and and release uh, third and fourth rate knockoffs uh, or versions of their art to tarnish their legacy is is just um, unbelievable or, or you know yeah preposterous preposterous yeah and it, and it's yeah i mean it's like during their lifetime you know especially they, someone like van gogh like van gogh was very particular he was a very intense the even the, the guy even said he was an intense individual doesn't make sense that he would channel his spirit through this guy yeah and just or make anyone. these kind of like lazy half-rate versions of of the stuff that he did when he was alive then there was a gal who was interviewed, and she was uh, she was equally as skeptical, but she was kind about it. You know, she let him down easy. <laughs> she was the Mariah Carey to the Simon Cowell, uh, or, uh, or yeah. not the Mariah Carey, the uh, what the, what was it, Paul Abdul? Uh, yeah, yeah. She, she was saying things like, "Oh, you know, I don't think that this is the case, but it could be." <laughs> you know, right. One of those sort of things. And it was a really short segment, too. It was like seven minutes or something like that. It was just one of those ones that I always would come across when I was like scrolling through the episodes I had. And I'd always just turn it on because 
the guy himself uh, is just he's very compelling to watch i will say that yeah Um, when he's in action for sure yeah and you know you gotta love the story of someone who would be so bold as to claim that you know I think his upbringing and also where he he was living at the time in Brazil, I think that definitely played a part because it seemed like uh, that that was a, a part of the world that was very tied into this spirituality and this idea of, of spirits being channeled through people. So I think to him that was normalized since he was young and at the same time, I think as he got older, uh, he started to really like the attention. So it became one of those things where this is what he w- was able, this is what he did that enabled him to be able to get uh, a little slice of the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, I think the real lesson to learn from here it doesn't is, seem like he sold. I did. I don't. I didn't hear anything about him selling these paintings for crazy amounts of money or anything. I'm sure he did, though. Maybe to spy up because they were saying in the segment that it it was it's widely accepted in Brazil that like yes, this guy is the real deal. Like he he is legitimately. Yeah. It's but it seems like it would only have happened in Brazil. That's what I was saying. Or another it seems like, country yeah. that where where that kind of mysticism and and spirits it's acceptable. And, yeah, where that's more believed. I think you know, but, yeah. but I think in kind of Western culture, um, yeah, everyone would look at this guy like a quack. Yeah, there's more. Like if he tried more to skepticism. do tried to pull this shit in New York, <laughs> like, like, get the yeah, fuck out I'm of a, here. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 great, old Louis, and I'm a fucking Frank Sinatra. You know, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean uh this is i think the last that makes me wonder like what if you had like a host for a show like unsolved mysteries and he was just uh like a new yorker well, that's, you know that's kind of <laughs> what they did with farina they they, they yeah you know, he brought that whole chicago yeah. that whole chicago yeah. vibe like uh oh this next case we're gonna talk about is a uh, about a <laughs> co- very controversial figure and uh that they god they had this hilarious uh bit on family guy where peter tours this art museum and you can choose the narrator as a uh-huh. like some professional narrator or you could choose dennis farina and they actually <laughs> they actually got dennis farina to voice the part and he's like uh, uh i can't even do it justice but like how he narrates the paintings and all is just like complete neanderthal and uh, he's just your stereotypical like dumb Midwesterner. Like he's kind of playing that up, and he's burps. He's like, "Oh, this this chili dog's giving me heartburn." Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, I can never fucking quote funny things accurately and convey the funniness because my memory is shit. But um, well, it's not just that comedy is all about timing. Yeah, and if you don't have the timing down, well, I mean, I, I just, you know, I literally had no idea what. Yeah, I don't remember what he said. I just remember it was funny. Yeah, that but, too. Well, that too. If you don't remember exactly what what they said, but even if you do, it, it's it's about timing and 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 also uh, just genuine natural talent. Yeah, because to be able to tell. I, I know we've all had those moments where you like tell someone something that you think is super funny, and then they just stare at you blankly. Yeah, like what? And, and then you you go to the whole like. Oh, I guess you have to be there, kind of. <laughs> you, you have yeah. to fall back on that because it's like uh-huh. sometimes you do just have to be there for it. The truly... A lot of these great stand-up comedians—they are amazing storytellers. Yeah, 
Yeah, I found I don't really like listening to stand up comedy that much anymore. I used to love it like when I was younger, but now I just I, I just don't really I'm not really into it. I think anymore. it just depends for me. It depends on what mood I'm in, and it depends on the comedian. Because I'm I'm getting tired a lot of the same kind of uh, shtick that's just being overplayed, uh, dealing with uh, sex or you know the the other sort of really repetitive stuff that you deal with nowadays. Uh, the worst stuff lately with a lot of films is just the fucking politics. I mean, that's one thing about something like Unsolved Mysteries is you you didn't have to worry about politics being injected into things uh, most of the time. They didn't have like forced moments of trying to be uh, inclusive or any of that kind of stuff. Although there was a little bit of that with you know Virginia Madsen and Keely Shea Smith, but it that didn't seem like it was the same kind of uh, deal as it is lately. Like the, lately, it's just so fucking obnoxious in terms of how everything is just so politicized. Because uh, I, I see a lot of people on 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 YouTube and and in general talking about like oh man I, I miss what media was like in the past i've been watching some old movies and but and they're like what the fuck happened yeah, <laughs> you know um, and i'm like yeah what the fuck happened I think, indeed i think there's been, i think especially lately there there's been like a big uh overcorrection after the trump years you know because yeah. there was this culture of um you know the uh fuck your feelings, you little liberal snowflake, go find a safe space. And, you know, there's kind of that sentiment in the air by a lot of, you know, the, the, I don't, especially in the South where I live, you know, in Florida, there's like a lot of, you know, uh, guys who had that mentality. And um, I think now it's like, now that you have a Democrat in the office, it's, there's, you know, he, the, he's going out of his way to to show how, like, the opposite of Trump yeah. he is and all that. And but I th- that I think kind it'll... of stuff was going on prior to that. Like, it was, this is, this has been yeah, going on Yeah, but I think it was going on at, like, a, I think it was going on at, like, a slower pace before. Now it's like they've launched into, like, overdrive to where, like, even Joe Rogan was saying, uh, not, 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 not to try to say that Joe Rogan is like the voice of reason by any means, but I mean, he does kind of have some reasonable positions on a lot of shit. He, he kind of got in some hot water recently, but with the, the left by saying that um, uh, this, this uh, political correctness and cancel culture is just eventually going to get to where white men, straight white men aren't going to be able to allow. They're not going to be able to be allowed to speak. Basically they're not going to be able to Ooh. be allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, you know, uh, so, I mean, I think that, that it will, it'll balance itself out, uh, hopefully cause yeah, anyway, um, I don't know how we got on that topic, but <laughs> <laughs> that's probably stuff that's not gonna, well, I, 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 <laughs> I purposely didn't say anything too crazy just so I didn't have to, I'm, this is how lazy I am. I'm changing how I'm talking to, to where I have less work later on after the podcast is done, because I don't feel like editing anything. I listen to the podcast <laughs> these days. I edit out silence. If there's too many like awkward pauses, I'll, I'll run them together to where you, the listener, don't even realize that there was a long pause. Like, for instance, and see, you didn't even know that was a long pause there, but in real time, you would have known, because uh, I just literally sat there for a few seconds, and me and Mike didn't say anything, but uh, you didn't realize that. 
Um, after I just got done saying, I'm, I don't feel like editing. Now I'm gonna have to edit. Just so anyway, <laughs> fucking idiot. All right. So to put a bow on this Gasparetto case, he uh, died recently in 2018 yeah. of uh, cancer. He was uh, 68, which is weird because oh, in the too bad. when in the um, and on the show, he seemed like he was a younger guy. I'm surprised he was. So he must have been like in his like 40s or early 40s, late 30s. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, that show did come on. I keep on reminding myself. 1995 was kind of like 26 years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck. I can't believe like how long ago that shit was. And I mean, I mean, it's. It- it's like a lot of uh, films that that I really love, like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's turning forty this year. God. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I remember like back when I was a, a teenager. Whenever I thought of like the seventies, I thought of it like, oh yeah, that was thirty years ago. You know, like the eighties. Oh, that was twenty years ago. Yeah. And now it's like, oh no, that was you know the seventies. That that was like what. 50 almost 60 yeah. years ago like fuck me man getting old and then all the gen <laughs> z kids are like what are the 70s what are the 80s what do these words mean like, they don't even know what we're talking about all of them are barney <laughs> yeah drunken barney i'm watching some shit on uh dateline 2020 uh tonight because i just found out that hulu has dateline on the, or, or 2020 uh-huh. And it's changed my life because I forgot how great of a fucking show that is. Seriously, anyone out there who likes true crime, watch 2020 on Hulu. Good Lord. Such well-made. They're like an hour and 12 um, you know, episodes. So it's a nice, healthy chunk of entertainment. Um, it's probably shorter if you have Hulu without commercials because, God damn, those commercials, they're brutal. But um, I mean, it's if if you watch Hulu enough, I honestly would recommend paying for the I'm, version. I'm about to. Ads. I'm about to because yeah, I'm I'm getting to where I'm now. I mean, it's not cheap. It's like thirteen ninety nine or something, but oh, yeah, I think or, like, or twelve ninety nine. Like, but it's I think that's uh, I think I'm paying like eight bucks now, so that's only five dollars more. Yeah, yeah. If it's only five dollars, yeah, more, that's that's uh, totally worth it. But yeah, that shows. Uh, that I've, I've been watching that one lately, and it's just it's so good, and the cases are so compelling. Like, yeah, uh, they had this guy on there, and and the police had accused him of you know killing his daughter because she turned up missing, and then they found her dead at some creek, and he went to jail for like eight months, and then like the DNA ended up not matching. In fact, the the lady who represented him is the same lady who represented Stephen Avery, the making a murderer guy. Oh, she's okay. she's really good at what she does because his DNA came back and it was it was not uh, a match, and so they let him out because they knew that they couldn't convict him beyond a shadow of a doubt or whatever. And then they end up finding this guy. Um, this lady admits to dating this guy who's a creep. And he lived in the same city, and uh, he acted weird when she brought the case about the girl who went missing. And he's like, yeah, it's a shame, huh? And she's like, okay. And so she told FBI this like a year or two later, and they tracked him down, and he was already in prison. And they asked him and questioned him, and he answered their questions. And when they left she the one of the agent ladies shook his hand and she's like i've never felt a more clammier handshake in my life 
And then, like, right after that, he, like, calls his mom on the jail phone, and they have recording of it. It's like, Mom, you need to come down here, because it's the last time ever I'm ever going to be able to hug you, because he was going to kill himself. Um, and then he admitted that he he had, he was the one who killed the girl, and it wasn't the dad at all. And it was one of those cases to where it it, it has got to be the dad. Who else would it have been? But nope, it was literally some random crazy person who got got off to breaking into people's houses and their house the the back door lock did not work so he didn't even have to break in he saw the girl sleeping on the couch he got you know focused on her and was like yeah i'm going to take her and he did and he fucking molested her and then killed her cuz she yeah, saw- random throw kill yeah and 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 it made it, it made me think about the west memphis 3 you know mhm how like Oh, it seems like, you know, they've got to be it. But it's like, no, sometimes there's just random crazies out there who do shit like that. But then again, I wish that's I wish that was the uh, ultimate uh, ending for the TV miniseries, The Undoing, instead of just the predictable, uh, oh, the guy you think did it. Did it the entire time. Oh wow! Boy, I, was I a, hate. It was I the ha- same thing with uh, well, yeah. it, that Netflix doc in American Murder. It was it was almost mm. um, kind of the exact opposite. Where like you're like, surely someone else did this, but no, the husband killed his daughters and his wife. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's fucking brutal. So uh, th- that was a little mini uh, taste of 2020. Is it was it like a recent 2020 from like this year? Yeah, or I think last so. year? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, they're on their like, dude, they're on their like 34th season or something. That show's been yeah. on for a long time, and for That's good crazy. reason. Uh, they did one on most recently on um, oh, what's his face from the 90s, um, Pete uh, Peterson. Uh, oh, uh, oh God, what the fuck is his name? Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, he was accused of killing his wife, mm-hmm. and um, they, they're talking about how he's going to get a, a, a retrial for some reason. Uh, that mm. was a new one, and then they did one on George Floyd. Um, I, I actually, uh, that was the first time I really learned anything about that incident, because I, I didn't want to look at the video, because um, I don't want to put that kind of shit in my head. I just think it's horrible, but I don't need to watch it. But they kind of told you more about who George Floyd was and his family and just kind of how everything went down. And um, I mean, my opinion didn't change at all. I was still like, fuck, you know, Derek Chauvin or whatever. He like, what a piece of shit for, you know, doing that. But, um, you know, I don't know. There was there's certain things that I kind of saw that like if they had a, a mental uh, like like a social worker there how that that situation totally would not have went down that way because um you know George Floyd passed off that fake $20 bill and then the convenience store calls the cops George Floyd's sitting in his SUV the cop taps on the window and George Floyd gets startled cuz he's you know he he's he had fentanyl in his system it wasn't enough to stop his heart like they originally said but he was on drugs you know and he gets freaked out and then you know the cops like show me your hands and and george floyd instantly starts freaking out he's like i'm sorry officer please don't kill me and then like then the cop instantly pulls out a gun and like aims it at him and it's like whoa whoa why are we doing that like that is an escalation 
That is not a de-escalation. But anyway, I won't get into that whole fight. That's a whole training. Yeah, and and they they said during the trial, um, so one of the, I forget who it was. Someone was saying, um, oh, that was what Derek Chauvin did was in p- our police training on how to subdue uh-huh. uh, the victim, and then yep. then the chief of police took the stand and said, no, that is actually not in our training. We don't. Oh, um, you know, once the, once the suspect is. Um, Basically, once they're kind of duly restrained, then you kind of like set them on their side to alleviate any kind of asphyxiation from, you know, kneeling on the back of their fucking well, neck. Well, yeah, that part that part is not in the training, but the whole pulling the gun out is probably in the, in the training. Either way, it's just a whole situation that just shows that we definitely need to be training police a little differently than we currently are. Um... But speaking of police training, uh, the Sergeant Jim McMahon, uh, he he uh, definitely went through a fair amount of police training uh, in the specific uh, area of cyber uh, crime, and that uh, ties into the next uh, Unsolved Mystery segment that we're going to discuss. Uh, so this was an investigator segment. And this is one that's deep, deep, deep in the in the underbelly of uh, unsolved mystery segments, because uh, it's one of those that you can't really find it through normal means, through Amazon or YouTube or anything like that. And you can tell why, because there are a lot of these investigator segments uh, that are a little dated. Um and are really short and and they don't really cover a lot of things in depth but uh i could see why josh picked this one out though because uh it it's definitely uh got something about it because of the fact that it's focusing in on like this ancient technology and and the uh original chat rooms on the internet and and uh Stuff like that. So, uh, Sergeant Jim McMahon organized San Jose Police Department's high-tech crime unit in 1990. They were tasked with tracking down so-called cyber criminals who use computer skills to commit crimes. One of the cases uh, he was involved with was with an internet predator known as Thieves. First off, I mean, why the fuck would you use the name Thieves on a chat room? If you're intending on taking part in any kind of criminal behavior, I, <laughs> I mean, that's an automatic red flag. Like, you're automatically going to be a suspect if you wind up in a chat room with, with an officer undercover with a name like that. I mean, the only way that the guy could have could not have been any more obvious that he was up to no good is if his name was Pedo. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the so, uh, that's like the uh, you know the those Twitter postings where it's like, hey, looking uh, looking to score some drugs and let me know if your friends have any too. Hashtag not a cop. Yeah, or the or the really good ones on Facebook where they talk about uh, their drugs or whatever, and then the cops get on Facebook and are like, uh huh. <laughs> There's like the police department's like, oh okay. <laughs> 
Because there was like a one thing was like, where are my drugs? Or 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 the, there's some really dumb shit where people aren't thinking things through on social media and they broadcast their criminal behavior on social media. Then the police get involved and then leave a post like, thank you. <laughs> we will be seeing you shortly. Yeah, I dude, there was this one chick on she was someone that uh worked at the one of the Applebee's that I did karaoke at that I ran karaoke at and um she fucking like posts a picture of her with this like like AR like what looks like an AR17 or whatever they're called the assault rifle or whatever uh-huh. and she's just like holding it in the mirror and like showing her like grill like she's got like these like gold like this gold grill in her mouth oh yeah and i fucking reported the picture because i was like you're not cool like you're a jackass like that's not that's not like badass or whatever like that kind of like behavior should should be uh reprimanded on social media like that's not cool unless she's being just just being a troll that's more no, than likely probably now she i can tell by like her personality she she thinks that's thug yo like I'm cool. <laughs> like look how badass I am. Don't fuck with me. Like oh yeah, look at you. So uh, thieves allegedly uh, searched chat rooms on the internet, hoping to find and communicate with young boys. In the summer of 1993, he began communicating with what he believed was 13-year-old Marty. Before long, he began asking about whether Marty liked boys or girls. He had no idea that Marty was actually an undercover police officer, McMahon. Great Scott! So after receiving several complaints from bulletin board users, McMahon started working to track down thieves. Uh, He created his online persona, Marty, and went on bulletin boards pretending to be a teenage boy, uh, similar to the ones that thieves had been hitting on or trying to solicit. Over a 10-week period, Marty and thieves conversed via modern... Uh, via modem and electronic mail more than 50 times. That's definitely an, an antiquated term, modem and electronic mail. Oh, yeah. I, I And I, I'm, I, like, eat all that those old references up. I'm, I'm, like, loving it the whole time I'm watching the episode. So Thieves was completely convinced that he was 13. During their discussions, Marty talked about his schoolwork, being grounded by his parents for being out too late, along with other things that children that age are interested in. And McMahon is interviewed, and he's mentioning... Uh, what kind of things he was saying and and it it just to me like it, it's something that is a necessity to try to nail these bastards but it's got to be weird right if you're undercover and you're doing this chat room thing it's got to be a very strange just kind of uh messed up thing that you're doing you know, you're masquerading as a 13-year-old kid, try to bring in some pedophile, you know? It's got to feel gross. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of those things where you, you definitely would feel pretty grody afterwards. And while you're doing it. But, you know, that's why you have cops and a lot of other people doing that stuff. Uh, but nowadays, we have people who aren't cops. We got fucking vigilantes doing that shit, trying to real people in well that's what uh the the company uh i forget the name of them but uh to catch a predator started working with this company that was already doing that before the show to catch a predator ever existed Mm -hmm. it was like a guy and girl team and uh i think it was like 
real something justice. I forget the name of the organization, but they, they were essentially doing that. And then to catch a predator joined forces with them and, and that that's how they, you know, to catch a predator definitely uh, left a mark on, on uh, popular culture, even though it didn't really last that long. There really weren't that many episodes and it really? didn't last as long. It didn't last as long as you think. So it's interesting that it still left that much of a mark on the public lexicon, even though it didn't have like 50, 100 episodes or anything like that. Um, this segment, in a lot of ways, is kind of a precursor to, ca- to Catch a Predator. But this time around with you know an actual law enforcement and having a... Their uh, side of the story. God, Chris Hansen's so, really gone downhill. I just have to. I just have to go on record and say oh, that. Oh yes, for sure. Uh, so during the discussions, Marty talked about schoolwork. Yada yada yada. Uh, McMahon made sure that he was not entrapping thieves. He made sure that thieves was leading the charges to the type of activities that he wanted to do with Marty. The messages from thieves became more and more graphic. Finally, he proposed a rendezvous at a local restaurant. He had no idea that two unmarked police cars were already in place, watching his every move. While the officers watched thieves, they noted noticed that he was intently watching children as they rode by on bicycles. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> I hear you physically uh, rubbing yourself as the as though to clean cleanse yourself from from such uh, thoughts. So McMahon was certain that thieves would carry out the crimes that he solicited to Marty. Finally, after weeks of surveillance, the high-tech unit moved in on thieves. He was arrested without incident. I love the reenactment with thieves where they're like, you're under arrest. And he's like, what? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Almost like, "Uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Uh, well, the rest of Thieves was a resounding success for the high-tech unit. Most of the unit's cyber cases involve stolen computer systems and software. Uh, two alleged criminals sought by the unit for these crimes are Richard Ford and Matthew Crome. So, around uh, 11 p.m. on the night of August 6th of 1994, an intruder entered a San Jose business which was outfitted with state-of-the-art technology. For the time. Definitely not now. Which reminds me of this episode of hoarders that i watched with uh with my mom recently there's this guy who was so adamant that his room full of like old ass synthesizers and computer monitors and like an old commodore 64 was worth up to eighty thousand dollars dude that's how my dad was oh my god (laughs) like my dad thought that everything he had like was potentially worth a lot of money because he had just seen all these stupid TV shows and like heard of all these articles of people who had some rare doodad that they were able to sell for twelve million dollars and it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's like dad I'm telling you right now we don't have any of that stuff you never bought anything that was rare or sought after like you just got all the typical shit that everyone else get like there's nothing there's and, you know you try to tell him that and you, you he just wasn't hearing it yeah so it's uh yeah my dad was that way too 
Yeah, it, that that was that was crazy though, because you're looking at this stuff and you're like, no, like these synthesize who like if somebody is into music, are they really going to be paying that much for vintage old music synthesizers? Oh well, I mean, yeah, th- to be honest, yeah, it was the synthesizer, yeah, not 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 eighty thousand dollars, but like vintage synthesize synthesizers are very yeah uh, expensive, but but not. Not if they're in that kind of shape. I mean, if they're just in a in a room. Oh, it depends in, what he had in, in a hoard in a hoarding house. It depends what he in had, a hoarding it, house. Honestly, depends what he had. If he had like an old Arp or Moog or Oberheim uh-huh. uh, or Roland, like uh, like a, um, a like an old Roland Juno synthesizer or Jupiter synthesizer. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of those vintage synthesizers that are worth a lot of money, but. Did he have find the right did, buyer? Did he have those even, or did he just have yeah. those shitty Yamaha to- kid toy keyboards that he, you know? <laughs> and then they even have some mid-level synthesizers that are like, okay, yeah, it's kind of worth something, but not not eighty thousand. It is conceivable that if you had enough old vintage synthesizers—that's a hard word for me to say tonight. Um, there, there is a potential that that you could. Uh, have a lot you could be sitting on a lot of money it just really depends on what you have and what condition is in, it's in but even if it's in bad yeah, condition con- you'll still have people who will want to buy it well yeah it but less less likely though you know if the, the <clears throat> buyers are shrinking with the, in that market nowadays i don't know if so they most are, of them music most is- of them most of them are going to want newer stuff or they're going to want if they're going to get an older thing and they have the money they're going to want one that's in really good shape. They're not going to want something that's been covered in mold and dust and, you know, maybe water damaged. You'd be surprised, man. In the instrument in the <laughs> instrument market, I mean, I can, I, I, I'm kind of an authority in this market, so I kind of know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Actually, Mike, um, the whole thing about them wanting something newer, that's not necessarily true. Um, they yeah. don't make... They, I mean, they do... But they don't really make analog synthesizers anymore. It's all digital. So um, much like vinyl LPs versus the digital. Well, yeah, CD. of course, with analog, analog. If you're looking specifically for an analog, yeah, synthesizer, there's a lot of people then, who, yeah. who swear that the analog synthesizers are, are the only way to go. And uh, you know, I disagree. I think analog synths are great, but I think digital synths are good too. Um, and then nowadays, you have a lot of uh, modeling technology. Um, like programs that have perfectly modeled uh how the vintage synths sound to where yeah. even the experts uh can't even tell a difference so um you know it's kind of like old video games versus having a digital copy on your on your uh, uh the computer or whatever it's like do you actually want to play the physical cartridge and put it in the game system or do you want to just play it and you don't really care how you play it you know it's kind of how Yeah, it it's similar to movies too. Yeah, because you know physical media. But anyway, uh, this business uh, was outfitted with state-of-the-art technology. Uh, it seemed like it was a lot of computer stuff. We didn't really know specifically what the technology was. Uh, the burglar's mo was as simple as it was bold. First, he would inventory the most valuable computers, printers, and scanners. Then he would contact his network of black market dealers. Once he had buyers lined up, he would return and steal only the equipment that he could sell. It was basically a pre-raid surveillance in which he would go out and see what was available. As a burglar emerged from the office building, he could have left without notice had it not been for him tripping a silent alarm. Oh, those 
damn pesky silent alarms. Right. The man was arrested and identified as Richard Ford, a key figure in a theft ring that had stolen over $1 million in computers and other technology. Ford had committed and helped mastermind over 100 computer-related thefts and burglaries throughout the Silicon Valley. Ford agreed to cooperate with authorities and showed them the various black market message boards where stolen computer equipment was sold. Over a four-week period, Ford helped police break up illicit operations from around the country. He was a dependable source of information until he vanished in uh, 1994. At around the same time, Ford's accomplice, Matthew Chrome, also disappeared. Chrome allegedly was Ford's lookout during his burglaries. Uh, but he was captured. Uh, there was an update and uh, featured the lovely uh, Keely Shea Smith. And uh, they uh, cut to her in the call center with that big-ass giant Unsolved Mysteries uh, logo uh, sign in the background. I bet John Cosgrove has that in his garage. <laughs> it's just dusty and just just completely uh, ruined. Um, but on the night of the broadcast, uh, viewers in Salt Lake City, Utah, recognized Ford and Chrome as the neighbors in their apartment complex. Both men were then arrested within the hour. When authorities searched the fugitive's apartment, they found large amounts of stolen computer equipment worth around $1 million. Chrome pleaded guilty to a single burglary charge and was sentenced to one year in jail. Uh, in October 1995, Ford was returned to San Jose, charged with 15 counts of burglary, and he faced up to seven years in prison. Now, what was at the time $1 million worth of computer parts is probably not worth nearly as much now. What's interesting about computer stuff is probably even a lot of like the state of the art stuff because it's just such a like back then it wasn't as common with computers and 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 parts and all of that like nowadays it's just so so much more common. My guess is that a lot of computer stuff is still definitely worth something like if you're talking about like a graphics card but there's a lot of stuff that it's just probably not worth nearly as much. I stole. It might have been. I stole a, an um, Apple Macintosh computer with a 300 megabyte hard drive. Can you believe it? That'll hold like, like two computer programs and like two CDs worth of songs. <laughs> so uh, that's the investigators. Uh, the uh, computer uh, crime segment. Yes, and um, I recommend checking it out because it is, it, well, good luck finding it. And I'm not going to tell you how. If you're ingenuitive enough, you'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> ingenuitive, I don't know. That's probably a word. If you're obsessed enough, you'll find, you'll find out. There you go. All right, now we're moving on to the perks of being a Josh Flower. This is uh, going to investigate uh, Josh's past. Yeah. Yep. And you're not going to like what you find. I'm probably not going to like what I find. <laughs> uh, I almost definitely not like what I find. Uh, so sometimes these, you like what you find. Sometimes. Though. Very, very more often than not, I don't. So these are my diaries that I wrote in when I was young and um, hostile and angry at the world. Um, and I, I uncovered them uh, like six months ago or something i've been reading them it's um basically hasn't it been longer than that probably but anyway um 
I've been reading them, and it's basically young Josh and his uh, angry feelings towards women and his, his angry feelings towards his own body. Um, so we're going to continue with this. Might as well be the diaries of a teenage incel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The di- Josh, uh, it, uh, the the uh, precursor, the progenitor to Elliot Roger was Josh Cannon um, <laughs> as King Incel. So also, I will preface this by saying uh, anything that I say in here is, po- you know, there's probably going to be some politically incorrect shit because that was like fucking 17 years ago. So we're leaving off on uh, Saturday, April 21st, 2007. Last night, I hung out with Josh and Patrick for the first time in a long time. Josh was my best friend back in the day who was also named Josh. It was good to do that. I bought a lot of preppy clothes, which is a first. But whatever, I look. I like looking nice sometimes. Um, Vera is such a fucking whore bitch. I wanted to just be <laughs> friends with her. Just the whiplash again. I know. I mean, I'm sorry. I yanked your, your head Christ. around. <laughs> I like looking nice sometimes. Fuck Vera. <laughs> this is a fucking whore. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm finally caving into the uh, quote looking preppy thing because, like, for the longest time, I fought that, and I was like. I was like, they look so gay. They're such metrosexuals. And then finally, I was like, fuck it. I want to fit in. So I'm going to buy a, a, a fucking a Hollister shirt as well. <laughs> but uh, Vera is such a fucking whore bitch. I wanted to just be friends with her. I left her a message on her phone a while back saying we should still be friends since she's leaving for Russia in a month. But she never even called me back. And I thought she had sent me a text message the other day, but I wasn't sure if it was her number. So I left her a message last night asking if her if she left me a text message. The dumb bitch didn't re- fucking reply to me. It just said red under the message. Ugh, that fucking pisses me off. So I left her a message saying, man, you really are a bitch. But yeah, I don't know what she did to me, but I think about her a lot and dream about her. It's fucking ridiculous, but it's hard to move on when all your doors are shut. But girls with boyfriends are... Or girls with whatever. I can see why I looked down on myself so much back in the day because shit like this would happen and I wouldn't have a girlfriend for a long fucking time and I would start turning on myself and thinking it must be me, not them. But I'm going to try not not to start thinking that way. Good Lord, I got a long ass day of working ahead of me. Please, God, help me. This is miserable. I mean, it's still really frustrating when you have the whole bit where somebody you're trying to contact or or you're trying to talk to and it's just like it's the message has been read but like there's no response like it's really frustrating if you're trying to initiate a deal like you're trying to buy something from someone on facebook or some other uh, social media platform and then they're they it, it it shows that they read it but then they never got back to you that it was sold or uh, it's just just a quick oh sorry that's no longer available you know something like that like no it's just like the message was read and then you're just left in limbo and you're just like what the fuck like whatever happened to common courtesy yeah uh that that, that happens a lot on facebook marketplace it seems like all right so yeah. this one's from friday april 27 2007 Stupid-ass Russian drama again. Vera sent me a text tonight saying, So, how are you? And I said, Good, I just wish we could be friends. And that sparked this whole argument about how I said a bunch of dumb shit on her MySpace in German. Okay. 
But yeah, she said she won't be friends with me because I, quote, change too slow or not at all, end quote. Huh. I mean, accurate. I yeah. mean, I know I was wrong for what I said on her MySpace, the non-German stuff, but I mean, she's just going to hold a grudge or whatever. I learned a lesson. And you're not? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I learned a lesson. Don't say stupid shit to people. Oh, you have to learn that lesson, Josh? You didn't just kind of know that? Jesus Christ, the the hubris in this in this man. Like, how old were you at that time? Ah, uh, shit. 2005. That was like a, a 18. You're 18, and you're like, oh. like Don't I'm, say I'm... stupid shit to people. <laughs> My other lesson that I apparently learned was never get too comfortable with someone unless you, like, know, know, know them super good because people take shit in all kinds of wrong ways. So now I know, and I've lost a good friend, but even more a good fuck buddy because of my stupid mouth. We never even fucked. Why am I why am I lying on here to to myself? I'm the only one who re, who who looked at this at that point. So why am I even lying? I knew her and I never had sex. We just fooled around. Well, I've made it without her this far. It seems impossible. It seems possible to keep going, but I still have nothing. Well, it's not everything, but it's something. Well, you got blue balls. That's yeah, what you got. <laughs> definitely had a good case of those. And probably, uh, again, with the furious masturbation. Uh, so now we got Sunday, November 11th. I'm writing in this much less frequently now as I'm starting to get more of a life. Because um, I, I skipped from... When was this one? This was uh, the 27th of April. And then we jump into, but then again, I think the Zanga is kind of jumbling things around to, no, I don't know. I think I just started writing it less. Anyway, Sunday, November 11th, 2007. I feel like when a situation happens, how you react inside will not affect the situation. The situation is subjective. What? It, it, what? It, it, <laughs> yeah, let me read that. I feel like when a situation happens, how you react inside will not affect the situation. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, I get. If the, if I if I'm in a car wreck, how I react inside doesn't affect the fact that I'm. Yeah, but I thought it was a mental thing. That's that's what I that's what I think you were trying to go for. It's like how you react inside. Let's read on and find out what the fuck yeah. young Josh is talking about. <laughs> if my computer screen could just not go black out of nowhere. Oh shit! Oh no! Stupid HDMI cable in the back. It, it sounds like sounds like you need a new HDMI cable. No, it's time it's, for a new HDMI cable. It's the port. The port is is um, it it's like it the HDMI cable just goes straight up into the port. It doesn't go in the side like most TVs, so it can easily like fall out because it's a really old monitor. But anyway, oh okay, because um, you're using a TV, not a computer, not a computer. Well, no, it's, it's a it's a monitor. It's it's just I don't know. I mean, it's lasted a long fucking time. I'm surprised yeah. how long I've had this thing. Anyway, anyway, uh, the situation is subjective. It has no feelings of its own, but there are ways you can react on the outside to better it or make it worse. And my whole life, I've picked the latter of the two. And I'll think I'll try to work on this problem. I think that phrase was good enough to stand on its own. Well, Casey called me two days ago. I found out she was getting annoyed with me every time I would ask her when we were hanging out. I'm sorry I ever cared. I really thought me and her were going to go back out when she got her license, but apparently she's been busy. Let it go, I man. know, God right? Damn. Jesus Christ. But I don't really believe that if you want to hang out with someone, you make time for them, period. 
So I don't know if I want want to talk to someone who ju- who's just going to get mad at me for such a small insignificant reason. I mean, we're talking like months of not calling me just because I annoyed her with the hanging out thing. I got to talk to Ben today for the whole class hour in German. Oh, that was a German exchange kid. I'm supposed to be meeting this German girl at Hollister sometime next week. Oh, I remember that me suppo- that I, that meeting that was supposed to happen that never did. <laughs> I hear she's very attractive, and I love foreign girls, so we'll see. School is coming to a close, and I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life after school. I really don't. School is too much as it is right now. That's enough to think most, of. Most most uh, teens at that age didn't don't know what the fuck they're going to do. It seemed like school. all the fucking kids in my school knew exactly what they were going to do because they all private little private school kids. Well, yeah, some of them, you know, they might have this idea like, oh, this is what I think I think is going to happen. But then there's a lot of instances where it normally goes in a different direction, and then they have this uh, thought process where they're like, what am I going to do now? Like, what really am I going to do with my life? Because this didn't work out. And I'm getting really tired of my job at work. Uh, My boss is being unreasonable about my hours there, and I'm going to have to ask for a lot of hours pretty soon. And if he can't give them to me, I'll quit. That's how sick I am of this. The band is going all right. We had a meeting the other night, and there are a few problems we will have to sort through in the future, but sort of optimistic still. I talked to my friend Megan, for which I had not talked to in a long time, and it turns out her great-grandma died. That was so weird. I actually knew her grandma a little bit. Death is so real and and so going to happen. This is just a body. This is just temporary, and all the things we put focus on are just distractions from the inevitable. That's how I feel about it anyway. Damn. (laughs) I know. Oh, God. So existential. Uh New Rush album came out. It sounds a lot like Vapor Trails vocally, and it's very negative, but it's got some very strong tracks on it. It's good, in my opinion. New Nine Inch Nails album is amazing, so that's the recent shit in my life. Niemann ZS oder nicht ist ich muss Lieder geben auf Wiedersehen, or auf Wiederholen. I said, take it, so, I said, uh, take it or not, I'm, I must unfortunately go by. That's what that means in German. Huh. So, uh, the whole bit where you're being super existential, that was the existential hair flip. Yes, I actually <laughs> was thinking about death back then a lot, um, and it was it would kind of like bother me. And I remember death used to bother me a lot, and now it's just not something I ever really think about, because I'm just like, when I die, I'm not going to know that I'm dead, so, yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, whatever. Um, it, it didn't really hit me as, as hard as, you know, when you actually lose someone that you're somewhat close to you know then then it's like oh you know this is this really it feels more real like you said um uh and and when i lost my friend to cancer this year like that that that's something that definitely does still kind of kind of hit me uh and it's one of those things that I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself for, you know, other losses in life because that's just that's going to happen. You know, that that's that's life. But um, it's definitely one of those things, though, where you don't really know how you're going to cope or how you're going to deal with it until it actually happens. Because yeah. you could hear all these things. People could say all this stuff, but you really will never know for sure, like how you are going to handle it until a death does happen. Yeah, it's true. I think for me, um, it's it's just I don't know. It really, it, 
I have to be really close to the person for me to kind of like. Oh well, yeah, I'll like be what sh- happened with your dad. Yeah, you like know? I'll be in shock about like a death of someone I know. Um, but but like you know, and it will bother me. But like it won't like wreck my shit. Like like my well dad, yeah, you know dying. no I you know I I was I wasn't like super super close with my friend, you know because she was in another uh, state basically. Uh, but. It, it, it was one of those things that I was still close enough compared to any of my other grandparents that have passed. Right. So just, you know, recently, but like, I know if like when my grandmother passes, like that's going to be rough on me because and she, she in a lot of ways raised me, uh, alongside my, my mom. So like that, that, that'll be, that'll be tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that the, there are some some stuff here with these uh Josh Flower diaries where you actually say some poignant good good uh good stuff uh intermixed with all of the teenage angst. I'll do one more <laughs> since uh I uh, the last two podcasts have been short and then we'll wrap it up. <laughs> Sunday, December 30th, 2007, so I went like a whole month without writing in my Zanga at this point, when I was writing in it almost every other day, in the back in the early days of me doing this. I feel another entry in me, I guess. Man, so much bullshit has been happening lately. Well, not so much, but still, enough. Well, first of all, the band is basically going to break up for all intents and purposes. Corey, the singer, and Phil, the drummer, uh, are leaving. Me and Brandon... The lead guitar player are staying and trying to go on without them. That means finding two or three more members. Fun. So Corey is leaving. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no. When when you get half the band leaving, that's usually that's 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 it. Um, Corey, is, unless you're some really big legacy band. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Right. Unless there's money in it. Right. Exactly. Uh, Corey is leaving because he is a dad and is taking on a full time responsibility to his kids, wife, and job. Phil is leaving because a girl he fucked had an unexpected pregnancy, and it, and it's his, Ooh. so he's fucked. Brandon is 30 years old and a control freak. I don't see how this new Centenic incarnation is going to work out, but I'm going to stick with it because his dad is in Skinnerd, so, you know, he's got some good connections. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the name... Was it like everyone in Skinnerd at one point? <laughs> Dude, in Jacksonville, everyone knows someone who was in Skinnerd, I swear to God. Uh, the name of the band was Centenic, by the way. That was, you know, the band name. I, I love that. Like, everyone... His dad his dad everyone... was Billy Powell, though, the, the original mm-hmm. keyboard player. So, I mean, that, that... Oh, that's cool. That is true. Um, but, um, yeah. But what do you mean by, like, everyone in Jacksonville? <laughs> Everyone in every, Florida. Every, every fucking old timer in Jacksonville, if you talk to them, eventually they will tell you a story about how they used to drink beers with Ronnie Van Zant or, <laughs> you know, fucking uh, uh, Alan Collins or, you know, who, uh-huh. Artemis Pyle or whatever, or how they, you know, how Skinner played their high school dance or, you know, everyone. They, everyone's got a Skinner story in Jack's, like, because, you know, they're from here and all that, so... Now, now the big band that the kids my age, everyone knew is um, uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus because they're from Jacksonville. Uh, well, they're from Middleburg, but that's essentially Jacksonville. Um, everyone that I told, oh yeah, I, I knew uh, uh, Ronnie Winter and his brother, and uh, I knew I, I actually did uh, 
their drummer Brad Wil or John Wilkes came out to uh, one of our band practices because we were looking for a singer and oh. um, he was interested in being our singer and then he ended up passing because their manager said that he you know he wasn't allowed mm -hmm. to do any side bands. A lot, a lot of these stories though are probably bullshit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember meeting this one guy in Jacksonville who claimed the Guns N' Roses song "Mr. Brownstone" was about him because he was basically the band's roadie and he was their bitch. And he's like, "Yeah, I was Mr. Brownstone carrying all their amplifiers around." And that story, I know for a fact, is completely false because <laughs> Mr. Brownstone's not even about a roadie or anything. That, like that. That's like that's like the bit in Wayne's World too with the the roadie with the guy who supposedly is the one who's gonna get the bands to come to Wayne Stock. But like he was just some roadie and he was always telling the same story. So it got to the point where you're like, this guy's probably just full of shit. I don't think he actually ever really did work with John Morrison or any of these, you know, big uh talents. Yeah. All right, so I go on. If I could just make it with my music, I wouldn't have to worry about all this college bullshit. Man, I feel so much pressure right now, and I'm just out of it mentally. I feel all spaced out and shit like I'm drunk. But man, this is a lot of pressure. I'm at a crossroads in my life right now where I feel like someone is standing in front of me saying, what are you going to do to make money and contribute to this society until you die? What am I good at? Music. What can you do with a music degree? teach it and that's it what else i'm good with english my words and all that what can i do with that well that's not where my heart is at so i don't know or care what else language i'm good at language but that shit is frustrating and i mean what am i gonna do be a translator i don't know that's it though a musical technician maybe i'll have to look into all these ah. things but <laughs> i don't want to go back to college i re i don't i really don't it feels so lonely in the future i feel like nobody is gonna be there for me why can't I just join a band like Genesis Rush or something like that and make it big? Well, it's obvious I'm going to have to set something up for myself before that can happen. Work is going to have to be in the picture big time in the future. And I fucking hate working. I fucking How hate right it. you are. How right you are, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or maybe uh, I just hate great raps. No, I hate all work. It's not for me. I got another fucking speeding ticket, too. Fuck, I got to pay this shit off. Man, <laughs> a lot of bullshit now, I'm telling you. In high school, life that's was... That's your fault. Yeah, well, <laughs> speed, it was a speed trap, so that's just debatable. Yeah, yeah. In high school, life was so much easier. After high school, life really does get shitty if you don't have a plan and if you didn't set shit up for yourself while you were still in high school. My dumbass just fucked around and now it's too late. I never believe anybody when they it's tell me... It's never too late. Uh, oh, I, especially when that. you're 18 years old. I love how fucking hopeless I was back then. <laughs> but you know, a lot of kids feel that way, you know? They feel like yeah. the weight of the world's on their shoulders at just 18. Yeah. Well, it's because of the societal pressure. Oh, absolutely. And also, yeah, absolutely. that's what the norm wa was, and in some ways still is. But I think nowadays it's a little... It's not as oppressive in terms of, like, you have to have a plan. You must blah, 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 like... It's not really as rigid as it was. So my dumbass just fucked around and now it's too late. I never believed anybody when they t told me shit like, you better get on the ball, you have to make plans, and I didn't. Well, I'm learning now. 
So I'm kind of talking to this girl named Alex, but not really. I mean, we both like each other, but she's only 15 and she's really sheltered and very limited to what she can do. She can't go off with me and her stepdad is a dick from what I'm culminating from her. On top of all that, she's not the prettiest thing in the world. She kind of has a mustache thing going on and she's got these big ass freckles and her teeth are kind of fucked up. Aside from that, she's super boring on the phone. Good gosh, she's so boring on the phone. And half the time, she's yelling at her little sister, so whatever. But if I can stop, but if I stop talking to her, then that's it for my girl situation. I got nothing. No Vera. She lied to me and said she was moving to Russia forever. Turns out she comes back Saturday. Hmm. I wonder if she wanted me to know that. No. Casey, she's an enigma. You can never get a hold of her and millions of other problems with her. Nope. Nikki, dirty slut. Nope. Rachel <sighs> Evans, I'm not like her. She doesn't like me. So, looks like I only have Alex. Ugh, whatever. What hmm, What else? Oh, yeah, that flaw show was kind of stupid. Not hardly anyone. We are opening for Candlebox, though. That's cool. But, I mean, what's the fucking point? The band is just going to break up. My relationship with God is almost non-existent, and that really troubles me and i'm gonna fix things soon i saw tool live a few weeks ago and they played the song that gets fucked up that, that got stuck in my head and it's really fucked me up it brought back all those old feelings and then the song took over my thoughts for a little bit again but it's getting repressed again man that's the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me that song just getting stuck in my head and taking over my thinking is it's just a fucking song Okay, well, that's all the shit that's been going on in my head lately, and I just spilled it here. Enjoy. Lassen mich mein Deutsch reden. Ich weiß nicht, was mein Problem ist. Ich habe zu viel Zeit. Können jemand mich helfen? Ich bin müde von alles. Ich brauche etwas Neues. Also dann, tschüss. And that means, um, now I'm going to talk in German. I don't know what my problem is. I have too much, uh, f or I have too much time. Can someone help me? I am tired of all of it. I need something new. Okay, then, bye. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, the perks of being a Josh you were, you were definitely telling the truth there when you say you're just spilling out all your thoughts. Yeah, well, that's it's what like I... That's the perfect encapsulation of just spilling out thoughts on, on a page. Just, just randomness. Yeah, um... It seems like you're you're starting to realize that Casey is 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 just not going to happen. You know, but it's sad that it it it's taken. It took that long, yeah. Because I mean, this was literally a thing that. I mean, that thing with her and I ended when I was like, uh, what, fifteen? Yeah. Or sixteen, and here it I am. It seems like a lot of the stuff with Casey is like that scene in in uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where it's just like Indiana, let it go. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> Josh, let it go. And I and I feel like I'm over here, like um, the dude from Dumb and Dumber, like. So you're saying there's a chance? One <laughs> day you if like if you were one in a million or something like that. So you're saying yeah. I have a chance? Like that's <laughs> yeah, man. God, I, that, this is like bringing me back to those times where my life just sucked. I, I had nothing going for me. Like I didn't have a like a the band I was in Centenic that I took so much pride in was like ending at that point. And yeah, I didn't. I forgot. But yeah, like. 
we had already decided that the band was going to end before we even played that show with Candlebox. And I remember Kevin, the lead singer, talking to him after the show, and he was like, yeah, man, you guys need to, like, you know, play a couple days on the road with us. And Corey was just like, "Uh uh-uh, no way. Corey was at a place in his life where his wife was basically like, it's either me or the band kind of deal. So, like, him going on tour would have been, like, divorce. That sucks. That's why I'm not married. I remember back in the day, I thought they were so... I'm sorry if I had, like, you know, a, a girlfriend. It was like, either you either choose me or get rid of all this stuff. It'd be like, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> that's like some, that's like some 40-year-old virgin status right there. Gotta get I don't care. All these action figures. I don't really give a shit, because, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's, you know, it's a part of me, and it's a part of who I am, and it's I spent so much time and effort. I mean, you know, it's like, it's kind I, of like. I mean, I would get I would get rid of some stuff for sure, but like I'm not gonna get rid of all of it. Well, to if you, you. It, the, it's not the right woman for you, Mike, I I feel like should really be into movies as well. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. That's what I want. I have someone who would appreciate it, you know, and not not be like get rid of this, get rid of that, change yourself, be this person that you're not. Yeah, because I want you to be like this, and it's like, why are we even? dating why are we even in a relationship why do you even want to be with me if that's the case yeah because i i can tell you right now that um (laughs) having shit in common with someone that you're in a relationship with besides besides just sexual attraction and all that like that is such a big thing like if you are both i'm gonna i I will drop someone like a bad habit if we don't have enough in common it would just be like no bye (laughs) yeah see that was like my see my thing with music what's that's a slippery slope because everyone's into music but yeah but are they into it on the level that i am you know and uh, yeah and they're not you know but at mm-hmm. first they seem like they are they're like oh yeah i love the blah blah blah, blah. I, I like movies yeah i think you know i think yeah. they say that because that's you know to try to like impress me or whatever and then when it actually gets down to like me really talking in depth about music they they like a deer on the headlights and it's like you don't actually really you're just a casual music listener. Like you, you don't actually do like deep dives into. Like you don't know who the like you know. If I was to say George Martin, like you don't know who that is. You know, that's yeah. There's a lot of people. You know, they don't know like the director or you know certain directors or actors. You know, they're just which like, would be oh, me. The guy, that would absolutely be. I would dude, be a phony. The, uh, oh, the guy from Deadpool. Yeah, I know that guy. The guy who played Deadpool. <laughs> oh, they would they would know him just because he's hot. Ryan Reynolds is hot. Right. Yeah, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, I finished the Marvel Cinematic Universe, ah, the, uh, ah. Avengers uh, Endgame or whatever. Um, and and now, if you ask me, my the question of what my favorite Marvel. Well, I mean that's not the last one. I mean the la- the most recent one wasn't it Spider Man? Wasn't it? It was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was. Um, and then Black Widow is supposed to be coming out, and that will be. I think the next one, but, um, which is technically a prequel. So it's kind of not really, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you were to ask me what my, now what my favorite movie is, it was a hundred percent Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Like that was that epic battle at the end. That's, that's the, I have been, I had watched all those fucking movies wa- wanting to see a battle like that and not getting yeah. it. Even the other Avengers movies, I feel like I didn't, 
But man, that well, last Age one, of Ultron still had a lot of had a lot of good action in it. Yeah, but man, at, at the end when you got fucking Ant Man, who's like he's like a yeah. giant and he's stomping mm-hmm. on people, and you got yeah. fucking Iron Man and Spider Man and like all these other Avengers doing their fucking thing. And that's the ass. point where I, I this the MCU as a whole is never going to top that. No, it's just down, all downhill from. Oh, there. for sure. How, yeah, how can you fucking like that's that's like um. And I, I mean, not even top it, like even get like half, half as good. Cause, and, and I think also when you lose such established, strong characters like Cap and Iron Man, there's just no, no viable replacement for those two. Yeah. That was really dumb to kill off Iron Man. I can understand getting rid of Captain America. Cause like his, his, his purpose was like, they brought him back just to, you know, defeat Thanos or whatever. And so, you know, his mission is over, but Tony Stark could have kept getting into, you know, wacky adventures. They didn't have to kill him off, spoiler alert. Everyone except for me has seen Endgame. Uh, Oh, you haven't seen Endgame? (laughs) No, I haven't seen Infinity War or Endgame yet. I've been waiting. I mean, I'm going to revisit the whole MCU myself uh, uh, the month that Black Widow comes out, which I think is July. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I did that because now I can finally like, you know, walk the walk when it comes to saying I love Marvel. (laughs) And I've even went back and now I'm doing the X-Men. I didn't even know there was an X-Men universe. I just thought there was the the three X-Men movies. But then I forgot about Wolverine Origins and X-Men First There's Days of Future Past. Age of Apocalypse uh, or whatever. Or is is uh, it? No, I think I'm getting that confused with Age of Ultron. No, it, it is Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, so there's or, or or it's X Men Apocalypse, but it but it is a, the original comic title so yeah, for the storyline. So is I've Age seen X Men First Class, X Men Days of Future Past. You should watch some animated. You should watch like X Men, the animated series. Oh, I, from I the have. 90s. I did. I have. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. They're, that's probably my favorite of of them all. Honestly, um, I've seen X Men Origins Wolverine, X Men Apocalypse, Dark hey, Phoenix, X Men Origins Wolverine. That's just. Ugh. You didn't like uh, that one? It's just some good action, but what they did to Deadpool was just awful, unforgivable. Turned him into Baraka with Cyclops powers. Really just lame. Um, uh, first Class, to me, is, is pretty overrated. I don't really care for First Class. I, they, a lot of it just has to do with the cast and how they take an idea of a prequel and just make it so bland and just dull. Uh, uh, Apocalypse is pretty disappointing. Uh, not pretty, extremely disappointing. <laughs> if you've read the comics, uh, that was so. Yeah, I thought that. Uh, you know, Apocalypse did a bunch of shit. He had a bunch of different abilities. Yeah. Like he, he could, he could pretty much like as you know, as they explained in the movie. Days like, of Future Past surprised me. I really, I, I was surprised by that one. I, I really like the ending and how it, it, it gave fans of the first three some idea of, of, of a potential good ending for that universe. Yeah. Like that that was that was a nice nice touch. What's trippy uh, about the X Men movies though, um, what kinda sucks about it is the first like five are in in the 2010 so they feel pretty damn except for wolverine yeah uh they feel you know newer especially by the time you get to dark phoenix that one that one came out in 2019 
And then... Both of those suck. X-Men 3, Dark Phoenix, uh, another instance of just massive letdown compared to the, the comic or even the animated series and how it handled the Dark Phoenix storyline. Yeah, but then after you watch the first five that you're supposed to watch, then you got to go all the way back to the year 2000 yeah. to watch the first X-Men movie that came out. Yeah. And then you have to watch those three... And then it jumps to 2013, uh-huh. and it's just, it's like, good God, like, it's just all That's why Logan, I would say Logan, out of, like, the more modern X-Men, that's the best modern X-Men movie. And that's the last is, one on, on, in the timeline, so I'll have to, uh, that one, I won't, I won't see that one until the very end, but, man, switching from, like, Avengers to X-Men, it was, like, such a different <laughs> world. Yeah. It is, because the MCU is a, a lot more controlled. It's a lot more uh, deliberate in terms of how each uh, film ties into the other when it comes to an overall uh, story arc. Yeah. And the X-Men films are not like that at all. No. After the first three, at least. Well, like, because they, like- the first three, they did, they weren't really anticipating all this other shit was going to happen later. So they just no. kind of had to build their own little... Like, and also Fox was like, we need more X-Men movies because we still have the rights and you know, it'll, make, it'll make us some money. So that's why we have stuff like the New Mutants and all that. I haven't seen the New Mutants yet. I know it had like a crazy development <laughs> hell and it, it was going to come out in theaters like two years ago and then that didn't happen. And then yeah, it's, it's just craziness. Speaking of movies, uh, that is uh, the focus of my YouTube channel. Uh, if you want to uh, see more of me uh, and hear more of my thoughts on things, uh, mostly movie-related, uh, go to OCP Communications at YouTube. Man, uh, the you last, can, I, can, uh, I can tell that you are just so not good at uh, doing the setup for the YouTube channel at the end. That sounded, that <laughs> sounded very uncomfortable. This is how you, I said it uncomfortable. This is how you're supposed to say it, Mike. All right, if you want more of me and Mike, uh, maybe you want us a little <laughs> separately because maybe you like Mike's voice a little more or maybe you like my voice a little more. Well, I got news for you, buddy. We got YouTube channels, and you can go on over there and check out Just Mike or Just Me. You can go to Mike's channel. He's the movie guy, as he just got done explaining poorly. You can find his channel at YouTube. <laughs> YouTube.com slash OCP Communications. Once again, that's YouTube.com slash OCP Communications. Mike, what was the last video you did? So I don't think I really sounded that poor to to uh, uh, really clarify well, things. We're, um, we're going to do a poll on that on the uh, on the group now. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't I didn't sound like a radio DJ. Okay, all well, right. if you want to visit Mike's channel, <laughs> I got news for you. I got news. Go youtubecom OCP Communications. That's a little the, too wacky. That was like Dave Miscavige on bath salts. <laughs> 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 yes that was jesus christ oh my god uh yeah the last video that i did is uh actually the second part of a massive dvd and blu-ray update uh but then uh before that i finally finished friday the 13th and i re- reviewed the last film at least for now in the franchise the 2009 reboot which as reboots go of established franchises i thought it was pretty good i i liked it i liked the 2009 friday the 13th um but yeah that's the last uh video that i did I, i'm planning on 
reviewing Midnight Run with Charles Grodin and and uh, uh, Robert De Niro uh, pretty uh, pretty soon in honor of Charles Grodin who passed away. And uh, I have a few more requests and stuff. It's crazy ass Austrian movie about a serial killer called Angst. Um. A film from the UK called Possum, which is one of those movies that thinks it's deep and thinks it's really, uh, it's really one of those films that has something to say, but it really doesn't have that much to say, and it's just pretty pretentious and slow and has some nice creepy visuals, but it features a pretty weak script. And then I, I also have I I watched a film called uh, Antiviral, which is a trippy weird ass film. It's directed by the son of David Cronenberg. I don't know if you're familiar with David Cronenberg, who did the Fly remake from 1986 with uh, Jeff Goldblum, Dead Ringers. He's famous for his body horror films. And it's definitely uh, an instance of like father, like son here with antiviral, because there's some really fucked up body horror uh, elements in this. I thought it was okay because I thought the story wasn't as engaging as it could be and the characters kind of sucked. But the premise of it is brilliant. It's a great satire of celebrity obsession and pop culture because it's like it tells the story of this future where people have become so obsessed with celebrities that they're willing to pay uh, a lot of money for celebrity viruses and like STDs and shit to be injected into them. So like you have people who are like, I want, uh, yeah, I want, uh, so-and-so's herpes. And it's, it's fucked up, but it's a great satire of the celebrity obsession because you would, you honestly do buy that there would be people who would, who are so obsessed with celebrities that if somebody started selling this kind of stuff, and it took off. There would be people who would be like, "Yes, I want to have the flu that Christina Aguilera had, or, or so on and so I forth." I want Freddie or, Mercury's AIDS. <laughs> you know, you're just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, it's it's trippy. And then there there's also like a, a butcher shop, like meat shop that's like selling meat that has the name of celebrities. Of course, these are fictional celebrities because uh, they could not get away with having real celebrity names because there, there would be like lawsuits and issues or whatever. But yeah, like the meat itself is infused with like the cells of like these celebrities. So it's like you're, you can eat eating this. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I think people who are like, like people like Perez Hilton are just some of the most pathetic individuals ever like who are that obsessed with like celebrities that they're going to just like just constantly be like keeping like their ear to the you know streets as to like you know oh my god did you hear what john stamos and it's just like then they jump on their vlog and or their blog and they write about it it's just like god you're so pathetic and then especially like when those those celebrity bloggers get famous in their own right it's like they're famous for covering people who actually like made something of themselves mm-hmm. and like accomplished a dream of theirs. And you're it's just like TMZ. Yeah. It's like, you're just a parasite. Like that's literally the best way. That's like the most parallel definition. Just someone who sucks off the host body, 
you know it, it, tmz is the worst and I, I remember actually there was like a tmz show at one point yeah, i remember that, that you show. could watch and i remember I, I do remember watching it i don't know why Maybe it was a morbid curiosity or whatever i i have not i have no idea but that show like what a Pile trashy just god-awful show that is a bunch I, of annoying cr- like millennials it, sitting in an yeah. office and and, and and that fucking voice that that you know that narrator oh my god and then the one the, old guy in the office who's always like leaning over the cubicle with his coffee mug like he's their <laughs> yeah. like he's their dad or something he's like all right what have you got for me uh, you know tonight i was like who the fuck is this guy uh, uh bob saget like, like <laughs> that fucking he's like the cool the, dad, the dad like you know hey, hey i keep up with selena gomez too y'all you know like i'm, I'm <laughs> you know i'm i'm hip too even though I, i'm i'm bald you know not saying bald what people the, can't be cool but yeah. that's just how old he was he was fucking old and balding and he's like you know gives a shit about what fucking uh what's this i was trying to think tony danza like what what tony danza was drunk at a wedding and we have footage i will say though tmz um they have caught some newsworthy footage that no other media outlet has gotten i think they're the ones that got the ray rice tape well i mean they've even gotten shit uh, like they've got they got footage when phil collins fell at his concert mm -hmm. like when like he fell back in his chair Mm-hmm. And uh, they, I think they were some of the first people to report that Neil Peart, the drummer from Rush, died. So, mm-hmm. but that's only been recent. I think maybe they're trying to become more of a reputable. Yeah, but like in the past, it was just yeah, so it was very, just much, trash. very garbage. Yeah, I, I mean, one of the best things though that that show inspired is is the uh, the Weird Al parody. TMZ. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that 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 whole album. Uh, the. Uh, Alpocalypse. But the last one that he did? No, the last one was Mandatory Fun. Al- Alpocalypse, I felt uh-huh. like that was kind of a weak album. Because it had that song, uh, that one, it had a couple of the songs on there that were just really weak. Um, yeah. But uh, Mandatory Fun was better, though. He needs to put out a new album, man. There's a lot of songs that are begging to be made fun of. I th- I think I think he might be done because he did mandatory fun and and I think a lot there. I think it was marketed as like the last. That was the last one. I mean, and, he is getting uh, older, but I mean, he's he, yeah. he's in such good health. I mean, it's the, the, I know, but I I think he I think it's one of those things he might be done because I think uh, Al thinks that he set out to do everything that he wanted to. He finally won the Grammy. I think it won a Grammy for that album. Oh wow! And I, I think that was like, all right, you know, I, I'm I, I've reached the top of this genre. Um, I'm just gonna go out on top. Which I mean, you know, respect. As long as he still tours, that'll be cool. God knows, I'll go see him. He was fucking hilarious. Um, on the last time I saw him in St. August, well, it's a city in Florida anyway. Um, yeah. At an amphitheater. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, he was. He had you an orchestra him. with him. Uh, me and my brother went. <laughs> it was fucking obviously before the pandemic. Um, back when you could still do shit like that, but um, it's slowly coming back. Um, so yeah, if you want to join our Facebook group, you can go to Facebook. And... What about your YouTube channel? Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> um, okay, my YouTube channel is youtubecom <laughs> dancing with ghosts. That is youtubecom dancing with ghosts. Uh, the last video I did. Wait, you sounded too bored there. 
Uh, my YouTube channel is called YouTube.com slash Dancing with Ghosts. Uh, my last video was a video about how I am, how I've left the retro video game collecting scene. Uh, I'm kind of, I've kind of done a 180 from what Mike is doing. He is continuing to acquire more and more uh, movies. I am doing the opposite. I am selling off my shit because I came to the conclusion the other day that I never play any of those games that were that's sitting in my spare room and it's just literally money in the bank and the market is hot right now for retro video games. Oh yeah. I, I went to a game shop today because I uh sold uh, the retro tank and, and a uh Halo action figure. What to, were you doing the, with a retro the tank? Remember I told you I bought it because I was thinking that it might work for analog video. Oh, and it kind of did with the laser displayer, but then when I got this new 4K TV, I did not need it anymore. Okay, because of the fact that this new TV actually does have uh, uh, audio video ports in the back. Oh, nice. For some reason, the one that I had previously didn't have those, but this one does. Dude, so they should, I don't. They should continue to put. I don't care how like obsolete. I mean, how, how much does that cost? Like an extra twenty five cents at the plant yeah. to put. To put in the RCA, yeah, because also because of the fact that that's still something that a lot of like gamers use is the RCA stuff. So yeah, I mean it's, it's na- not you know. a huge inconvenience. They're not saving that much money by leaving it out. Now I can totally understand taking like the CD drive out of laptops. Now, like I, I get that. Okay, CDs are antiquated and blah blah well, blah. Well, it depends. I mean, if you decide you want to use your laptop, like if you're you're also someone who has CDs and other things like that. It's just you know, so specific. But I, but I get it. They should they should still it. have them available, like custom made yes. for people who want it. But I understand yeah. why if you go to Best Buy. I don't Buy, understand though. Like for many many years that Max didn't have them. Like when like the, things were at the point where a lot of people were still using disk drives. When I made my and then the Mac didn't have one. When I made it was my just, my wildly successful. Uh, why I left the Apple cult video on my mm-hmm. YouTube channel in 2017. I complained about it not having a CD drive. And I will argue that back in 2017, uh, CDs and DVDs were a little bit more viable than they are now. Like now it's oh, kind of yeah. like, 100%. you know, now it's like, yeah, whatever. But there were still programs that you could buy in the store that c- came on CD. Oh, yeah. So I felt like my argument was valid back then it was valid then i mean now 100%. not so much now it's like yes you should be able to like for instance go on uh like a hp.com and and custom make like have them custom make yeah. you a laptop with a cd drive it, well i think most of the you know the t- the laptops people would use for cd or people who are gaming so they would actually you know put the d- cd in there but then there's a lot of people game with you know steam or whatever yeah. digital Right. So there really isn't a whole lot of a use for for it in that regard either. I mean, any way you slice but, it, you know, it's kind of an ops. It's it's just. A I think sp- I think with Apple though, I think a big reason why they stopped having disk drives is because their disk drives sucked. They had horrible disk drives. Yeah, that's and what their I disk heard. drives had like absolutely god awful design flaws. Like like the the fact that you had to. You, there was no button on the side to eject the disc, if I remember correctly. No. I you think had it, to do it... I think it was on the keyboard. You had to do it on the keyboard or, like, 
manually on the computer itself. It was just like, and so if there was like a issue or some kind of uh, glitch, you couldn't get the disc out. It would just be stuck in there. And it's it just unbelievably annoying because I think I dealt with it one time uh, years ago, and I was and someone and I, someone I was working with was like, "Why is this disc not? I'm, I'm trying to get it out. I'm like, I can't get it out, man. I don't know what to say. It's stuck. And it, it was like, why doesn't it? Why can't I just press it? That fucking Apple, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Apple is it, they they did a really really good job yeah. of making their their products seem hip and mm-hmm. premium and um, it's so expensive though. Like and, and, ridiculously and you don't, you don't get a whole lot for what you fucking pay for. I, I no, mean, you really fucking don't. I mean, I I mean with the computers, like it, you want to really not don't pay for the Apple whatever setup with the monitor. Yeah, it's a big monitor, but you could probably buy a big monitor. And then build your own PC, or have someone build a PC for you, and it would work. It would be a much better system. There are like these small little features on Apple that I do like, like the AirDrop feature. Like if you yeah. if you have an iPhone and you have a MacBook, yeah. you can do AirDrop, and you can, dude. I've sent files that are like five and six gigabytes wirelessly yeah, transfer nice. in be- between devices. That is, that's definitely mm. nice. Um, and it's just like little things like that. Um, the, the, uh, I, I hear an Apple is a good thing to have if you are like editing and you're doing a lot of really, you know, extensive stuff like that. I mean, honestly, with, uh, if, you had a Adobe. if you had a beefy enough computer, uh, yeah, PC, you, you, you were probably you could probably do it on that as well. But a lot of the, but I would say like you'd probably be spending possibly even more or you know around the same. There's no inherent uh, advantage. It's it's literally just no. a trend. It's you know. I think though with Adobe though, it seems to be one of those things where they do kind of work better with Apple, Adobe with know. Adobe software. You may be right. You may be <laughs> crazy. If someone made a pie chart of this podcast, I think only like 20% of it would be us talking about Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> this episode, yeah, this episode is a little over Here's the Here's the thing. We're getting closer and closer to the point to where like we're running out of shit to talk about mystery-wise without having to like really go out of our way. And I don't have time to like go out of my way to find stuff. So, I mean... Me personally, I am I am a okay if um, the format changes a little bit on this podcast. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know people mainly like it for the mysteries, or I don't know. You got some people out there who like our chit chat. So who the fuck knows? Anyway, yeah, you're definitely right on the money though with the, it being the right time for retro gaming in terms of making money. Yeah, and it's just because, like because uh, you know, seems like this guy, a local business uh, that he's doing pretty good over here and uh definitely pretty busy and uh but uh, it's got to be frustrating though to run a shop like that sometimes because there'll be people people who come in thinking that they got something that's like worth a lot of money and then you have to be like dude no this isn't i don't want this i'd say like like this guy brought in a box of like old fucking phones and shit today Uh, old phones well, yeah, that's like that, that's super like people like my dad. My dad yeah. thought that everything he fucking owned had all this inherent value in it. And I'm, yeah, this guy was like, he, I kept them 
you know, then I went out to college and I just don't have the space for it anymore. And, and the owner of the shop's looking through this box. He's like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want any of this, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. That's how my dad was, dude. My dad, um, some guy. It's like, why the fuck would you think a guy who runs a game shop and want your old fucking phones anyway? Come on. Yeah. Um, I I took a the the game shop that uh, that's where I live is so damn snooty that uh, I I brought in an Xbox 360 that was perf that worked perfectly fine uh-huh. but it had like a crack like a small crack on top of it and they're like yeah man uh, we can't we we we're, we're gonna pass on this you know people aren't gonna want to buy that and I'm like dude you know give me like twenty bucks for the fucking system sell it for fifty. You know, it's got yeah. a little crack on the top, so what? But they're, you know, it's a they're they 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 rip off the fuck out of you anyway. So I don't recommend anybody. Um, it depends on where you go. eBay to me is the is your best bet if you have something small that's easy to ship that has value. eBay is, is oh yeah is your best bet. But especially if you need really absolutely one hundred percent need as much money as you can get. Which but you like should always you should always try to get as much money as you can. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the in a situation where like you're not like hard, super super hard on cash, it's like, eh. Without, well, I, I just I that's I would like to support a local business, you know, that kind of thing, instead of some other guy who might sell it later anyway. Oh, trust me, you know, I've given video game rescue plenty yeah. of my money over the years, so I don't <laughs> feel bad for them anymore. I've given oh them hey plenty of my money. Understandable. All right, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You get the podcast early, and you can also suggest cases for us to cover in the future. Find us on Facebook at Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries and join our Facebook group. It's more interactive, blah, blah, blah. I've got to take a shit. We'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 